0: I don't have to tell you because you already know that we are, as a country, most of us are in love with our pets. And one of the frustrations in life very often is we see that our pets are trying to communicate with us. But since we don't speak English together Sometimes we do better than others in understanding what they're trying to say. And I always play that song from Dr. Doolittle, If I Could Talk to the Animals. And it's one of my favorite musicals. Well, joining us now is a woman who's a former practicing lawyer. Once you're a lawyer, I guess you're always a lawyer. Nikki Visconis, And she left the horrid world of litigation and stress for the much better world of acquiring a skill that she claims enables her to listen, to animals now i'm not sure if she can talk back to them in a way that they understand her we're going to find that out right now nikki viscona's animal communicator and teacher with a huge following a huge social media following welcome to the lisa wexler show hi nikki
3: hi lisa thank you so much for having me and i love your description of the horrid career as an attorney to the much better life with animals oh please i'm a lawyer myself
0: and ever since I got on the air 17 years ago, I've had my own private feature called Former Lawyers Who Found a Better Life. So I understand. <laughs> I, and many of them have become best-selling novelists, by the way. That's another option. But anyway, um, so Nikki, I- I'm really interested. We're going to get to what you do and how you do it. But I'm interested in the first part of your biography where you say that this is not a skill you are born with, but rather something you learned from reading a lot of books,
3: So what happened, Lisa, is at 28 years old, I learned that this was possible. So the first thing I did was read animal communication books just to learn more about it. And every author, all these different authors and all these different books basically said the same thing, that every single human being can learn to do this because it's something that we have innately within us. So I was like, all right, well, I'm everyone. I'm going to try I just started doing practice sessions with friends and family's animals and getting really specific details about things in their life that I would have had no way of knowing. And that's how it started. And now I have about 67 students in my online academy learning how to do this when six months ago they didn't even know that it was possible.
0: Now, is it a two-way thing or are you only able to hear what they say?
3: It's absolutely a two-way thing. It's just like we're having a conversation right now, a little bit differently. It's done through telepathy, telepathic communication. But I will ask the animal a question. They will give me their answer. Sometimes I don't understand their answer, so I tell them to reword it or to show me a different way. And then they do. It's very much a two-way dialogue. When you say a two-way dialogue, let's say you were to
0: ask, I have two dogs, Shane and Yofi, but Shane is more problematic. Let's say you were to say to Shayna, Shana, why are you all of a sudden starting to lunge at dogs when you're on a leash with mommy? Yep. And then I don't what would be like a possible answer? Because I can't figure this out. This is a new behavior.
3: Well, it all depends on each animal, obviously, but yep. it, it could be a variety of reasons. It could be is the owner, is the human a lot more stressed lately? And so the animal's picking up on that and feeling they need to protect their human. Mm, or did no. the human recently get attacked by a dog, and now they're like, oh, man, oh, I need to keep mom safe.
0: Oh, oh that's
3: right? Because they pick up on what's going on in our world outside of the specific situation, and they want to they protect us. So it could be that It could be, maybe, the the animal is losing a little bit of their eyesight so they're feeling a little more vulnerable. It could be all of
0: these. You know something? This is really interesting, Nikki, because I want to guess about a year and a half ago, maybe a little longer. No, it was about three years ago now because before we got Yofi, Yofi's two and a half. I was walking with my pack. So I have a friend who has three big dogs, all friendly, marvelous dogs, and Shayna, who's a little white Bichon. And we were doing our typical Sunday walk and we were walking back to our car on a little sheltered private cul-de-sac and a pit bull came from a hundred feet away, ran through its electric fence and attacked my friend Beth and her dog. And I scooped wow. up Shayna. Uh, I, I had presence of mind to scoop up my dog, but this little, not little, this strong pit bull went after a larger dog and mm-hmm. my friend got bit in the process, and it was a terrifying moment. And Shayna witnessed it, and I wonder if that hasn't, didn't make an imprint on her because that behavior did not exist before that incident.
3: There you go. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is, and I don't even know why I gave that example. I've never, even, I've never even met someone or had a client that was attacked by a dog, so that was interesting. So what you can do, Lisa, is just re- reassure her that you are safe that you as Lisa oh. are capable of protecting yourself. Okay. Thank her for doing what she's doing to keep you safe, but that you would prefer that she enjoys her walk and be friendly with the other dogs because 99.9% of the dogs are going to be kind and just remind her of that. And do I say that in English? Will she understand? Yep. Me? Say it just like, you're, just like I said right now. You can say it out loud. You can say it in your head because when we speak, We're subconsciously forming these mental images in our mind. We're picturing the emotions. We're feeling what we're saying. And our animals are receiving the verbal words, the emotional feeling, the mental images, all of it. That is
0: really something. So if I, before we take a walk, because I have two dogs now, Yofi, and Yofi basically just follows Shana. He's like her little lap dog. So if I tell both dogs before we walk, look. I want this to be a nice experience. If we come across another dog, I'm safe. You're safe. You don't have to. You don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to bark. Everything's okay. Um, then that should help. Okay. That's interesting. What will help
3: more, Lisa, is yeah. instead of saying you don't have to bark or you don't have to lunge, because when you say that, you're literally thinking in your mind, you're picturing them actually lunging. Okay. What you would want to say instead is, you are safe. Please keep distance between the other animal. Let them walk by. Whatever you want to say, you know, stay on all fours rather than leaping forward. You want to phrase it in the affirmative so that the image in your mind matches what you actually want them to do. Got it. This is so interesting. And uh,
0: actually, it's really fascinating. We're chatting with Nikki Vescones, 203-333-9422. What about... In other words, so you believe that dogs can understand our thoughts as well as our primary language in in the language in which we speak.
3: Yes, because every time we speak out loud, we're sending a telepathic message, an image, a thought, a feeling, and they're picking that up. Animals' primary language is telepathy. Humans, our primary language used to be telepathy when we're born, right? We don't have verbal speech. Once we develop the verbal speech, we kind of forget about our intuition and our telepathic abilities and then verbal becomes our primary language.
0: I had a dog before Shayna named Sugar who was my, who was the center of my universe. I have to just say that. And um, I've never had a relationship with another animal like that. And maybe I will again, mm-hmm. but I hadn't had that. And when she was in, when she was dying of kidney failure, because I gave her like dialysis for a year and a half, twice a day, and she was so calm. She would sit on the on the washing machine, and I would just, you know, help her out, and she was great. But, you know, anyway, when she eventually passed, and she was so amazing to me, I would close my eyes because I was meditating a lot. And once in a while, I remember this, when she was very near the end, I saw a bright orange flame. And I thought that I was actually communicating and tapping into her pain.
3: Mm. Or... Or maybe it wasn't pain, maybe it was just the power that she felt of everything that you were doing for her, like the strength of a fire was the strength that you were providing her
0: that's interesting so so tell me a little bit tell us some stories, Nikki Vasconas. Tell us some stories that come to mind when you when you think about the animals that you've communicated with. Are we doing primarily dogs or also cats?
3: No, it's, it's all animals. Dogs, cats, and horses are probably the most common just because they're the typical like more domesticated animals. But I was just in Thailand. I communicated with the elephants. My friend did at the you? farm I've talked to. Yeah, it was amazing. It was my first time with elephants. I, did, <gasps> I talked to four of the elephants at the sanctuary. It was oh, incredible. That is one of
0: my dreams in the world. Are those the elephants that paint with brushes in their
3: trunks? No, and honestly, that's not really great, because to get an elephant to do that, there's a lot of bad things that happen behind the scenes. Okay, so were the elephants
0: that you spoke to, did they feel they were treated well?
3: Yes, the sanctuary I went to was incredible, and they were all, they're all rescued, and they're living their best life now,
0: absolutely. You know that elephants have been found by scientists to communicate 1,500 miles apart from each other.
1: fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I believe it.
0: 1500 miles of apart. They have been mm-hmm. found to know the sounds that they make travel 1500 oh. miles and can be heard only on the frequency by other elephants. It's incredible. They're it's incredible. unbelievable beings. They want, I mean, they're just incredible. And of course we're killing them, but that's, you know, what we do. I don't know. So I want I to hear some say, stories, humans, Nikki. For you. I want to hear some stories that, of, of things that uh, dogs or animals have told you that have been illuminating, unexpected. Talk to me.
3: So I have some fun stories. The one is more of a serious one. It's a, a cat that was having health issues and no one could figure out what was going on. Right when I connected to him, my bottom right jaw started aching and I was able to narrow it down to a specific tooth. Turns out they went and got an X-ray and that tooth was abscessed. So they had the tooth pulled, gave him medicine. Within a day or two, he was on the mend and back to feeling better, which is great because it's like, well, sometimes we can't figure out what's going on. So why not ask the animal? I've had animals that had awful, awful separation anxiety, like, would scream and wail when their humans would leave and the humans could see it on the camera. I talked to a dog, Belle, one time, and she told me that she misses the job that she used to have at their old house. And I later found out that they had just moved from a farmhouse to a Bermuda beach house. So the mom said, you know what? At the farm, she had this job where every morning and every night she would have to check the perimeter, and that was her job. So I said to the mom, I'm like, hey, give her a job when you leave the house. And that job can be protect the downstairs, protect the front door, whatever it may be. And that's what she did. And Belle has never screamed or wailed when her mom left ever since then. So it's like the transformation that can happen is just beyond words. And, and sometimes the, the sessions are funny. Like I talk to a dog and – he totally tattled on his mom for starting up smoking cigars. So when, when they were getting this session, the whole family was there and the the kids didn't know that their mom started smoking again until the dog ratted her out. And it's just pretty funny. So yeah,
0: it was awesome. You're saying that we can learn how to do this.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I did, I was a lawyer. And when I was a lawyer, I had no idea this was possible And I started practicing. I have an online school. I have 67 students all across the world, and they are doing it, and they're doing it well. This is something that, again, innately within us we have. We all have that gut feeling. We've all had a situation where our phone rang, and we knew who was calling before we looked at it. That's Mm -hmm. intuition. That's telepathy. Mm -hmm. And talking with animals is telepathic communication. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah, no, there's no question. That's why they had this phrase called the horse whisperer, and there are people that are, that are so in touch with animals, it's extraordinary. It's like they have a, totally. a, a special kind of ESP gift. When um, my dog sits and moans in front of the pantry every night, and she just moans, Shana. I mean, is a complicated animal. She was diagnosed with IBD, my little Bijan, inflammatory bowel disease. She was very, very sick. So we had to put her on sort of a cardboard diet, which I know she resents me for, but it's the only thing that has her not vomit. It's the only thing that makes Mm -hmm. her well. And I try now and then I give her pear, I give her apple, I try, I give her other things, but I know she's very unhappy with me. And um, anyway, every night she just moans. She sits and moans by the pantry and she's not in any particular pain. She's trying to tell me something. I don't know, should I have you come here? I've got to figure this out. I've got to figure out my dog.
3: You know, Lisa, and you'll be surprised at how much you already know. So, you know, at nighttime, just sit there and and maybe maybe don't do it at nighttime. Maybe in the morning, go into a room by yourself where you don't hear her and you can kind of get into a meditative state and just connect in with her and ask her what she needs, how you can help her, and see what comes to you. Maybe you get a a random feeling or a thought, because when you're actively looking at your animals who seem to be in some distress, Right. That's gonna that's gonna stress you out. You're not gonna be able to as easily figure out what they need because you're emotionally charged. So try that tomorrow. Go into a room and, and just see what she ask, what she needs, with her not in the room with you, and see what comes to you.
0: Okay, I will do that.
3: So you have this huge TikTok following, Nikki, huh?
0: Talk I ahead. do. Yes. Yeah. Tick,
3: so TikTok is. I mean, social media is great because you can just reach everyone across the world. But I have about like 312,000 plus people on my TikTok. And it's really fun because my main, my main purpose here is to just help animals live a better life. And by educating other humans how to understand their own animals and how to better communicate with them so that they do understand them, it just makes for a much better planet in my eyes.
0: That's wonderful. 203-333-9422, if you'd like to chat with Nikki Visconas, who was an animal communicator and teacher. And I love that. So you're just trying to spread the word. Now, are there um, are there some things that are always cues sort of universally with our pets that we know they're trying to say to us? For example, a bark. I mean, in other words, is a bark always trying to talk with us, to tell us no. something? No. So,
3: well, it depends. If they're barking at us, sure. If they're trying to alert us to something, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe they're trying to alert us to get off our phone and to take a breath and go outside. Ah, You know, if if they're barking, yeah, if they're barking to people walking by the house, it could be a protective bark or it could just be a, Hey mom, look, there's a dog out there. Right. It's all different. There's a hundred million different reasons why, for what a bark could mean.
0: How many pets do you have now, Nikki?
3: I have two mini toy poodles, Donald and Merlin, who are adorable.
0: Aw, mini toys. I have the Bichons. I love them so much.
3: I know. They're just like these little fluffy fur butts that we just want to squeeze, but we can't because they're too tiny.
0: Nikki, what is the book? If I wanted to buy a book, what was the best book that you read about doing this?
3: Well, okay, that's a hard question. If you want to look up Penelope Smith, she's one of the pioneer animal communicators. She has a three-part series, um, When Animals Speak, Animals in Spirit, and something else. It'll pop up. Oh, she believes you Does she think you can speak to animals who have passed on? Oh, yeah. That's about 60% of my work.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
3: The sessions are the exact same. But a book that's going to blow your mind, Lisa, is a book called um, Animal Soul Contracts by Tammy Billups. And it goes into these different soul contracts which basically just mean like our animals like mission like why did they come to be with us in this lifetime and how how do they mirror us like it's just it'll it'll open your eyes as to the the depth of the connection that we have with our animals and it's it's just my favorite book do you think that our animals choose us 100% I think me too I think everyone that comes into our life is for a reason but yeah I mean we have like your your soul dog that you mentioned earlier we have Uh, connections with our animals that are so beyond anything we can even comprehend there is much more to it than just oh I found them at the pet store or oh my god every time I I talk about sugar I
0: start to cry even now every time I we did shiver for her I did like a full shiver for my dog I can't even tell yeah yeah okay And I love my other two dogs, too. I do. But something was really special about sugar. She was like, Mm -hmm. I can't explain it. She was my constant companion, my heart. She was my heart. I never went anywhere without her.
3: Yep. She came into your life when you needed her for a specific reason. And vice versa. You know, we, we help our animals, too. I remember when she passed away,
0: I closed my eyes and I had a vision. And I still have that vision to this day. Whenever I close my eyes and think of sugar, she is happy but she's in a far away field, someplace, sitting on grass, far away. But she's happy.
3: But she's far. And how away. beautiful! Because perhaps she loved the field. She loved the sunshine, and now that's yeah. what she gets twenty four yeah.
0: seven. Yeah. Well, Nikki is I'm very happy for you to be spending your life doing this. It is far superior than trying to solve other people's problems that they created, right? I mean. Like, <laughs> I mean, really, that's what what I I started to resent practicing law because I'd get up every day and say, I have X amount of sands in my hourglass and nobody knows how many there are. And mm -hmm. I got to spend my day today figuring out your problem, working out your crap. I don't want to do that.
3: Yeah. And yeah, I didn't like my clients. They ended up not like, it was just awful. Like everyone was miserable. No one goes to a lawyer when they're happy. You know? Absolutely. much better talking to animals.
0: Absolutely. Much better. Nikki Vesconis, good luck. Thank you. What's your website? Nikki com. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Nikki. You'll be well. And thanks, happy holiday. Thanks, Merry Lisa. Christmas. Bye. You as well. Bye. We'll be, we'll be right back with more of the Lisa Wexler Show.
1: Hold up.
3: sent off your first order at
0: bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.